The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Happy Columbus Day. More on that in just a minute. There's a f- phenomenal film with Jack Nicholson. It's a Roman Polanski film, probably the best Roman Polanski film that I've seen. A terrific example of modern film noir. It's called Chinatown. It was from the 1970s. It's terrific. I think it holds up just as well today, if not better, than it did in 1970. 19- And there's one classic line at the end of that film. You know it if you've seen the film. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. And if you haven't seen the film, essentially, I don't want to give away too many spoilers because it's still a film worth seeing. Essentially, what the character speaking to Jack Nicholson is saying is, this is just the way it is here. It's just the way it is. And I'll tell you, last night, as I watched the New York Metropolitan season end, it was that line that was rolling around in my head. These New York Metropolitans have played a great year, one of their best records ever. And uh, they were in first place for all... All but a few days the entire season. They played well. They played a lot better than I think a lot of people expected them to. But when you're a Met fan, you know that inevitably there's some sort of a disappointment coming. Maybe the disappointment comes in losing to the St. Louis Cardinals in the NLCS. Maybe the disappointment comes in Kenny Rogers walking in the game-losing run to the Atlanta Braves to end your playoff bid there. Maybe it comes in getting swept by the Atlanta Braves in a series where you only need to win one game. Maybe it comes in the form of losing to the Yankees in the World Series. Maybe it comes in the form of losing to the Royals in the World Series. You don't know when it's coming, but when you're a Met fan, you know that it's coming. So for all my fellow Met fans out there who are licking their wounds, uh, as we Met fans are used to saying, wait till next year. Hopefully things turn around for us. Hopefully some good things happen in the offseason. Hopefully we get to keep Diaz. Would love to find a way to keep DeGrom as well. A season that had a lot of highlights, but at the end of the day, the Mets were just outplayed. They were outplayed by the Braves a week and a half ago, and they were outplayed by the San Diego Padres this past weekend. It's uh, it's a shame, and there were so many missed opportunities, but that's just the way it is, and if you're a Mets fan like I am, and it's one of the reasons I've encouraged my son to become a Yankee fan, but if you're a Mets fan like I am, you know it's inevitable. I'm supporting now the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I hope they go all the way. For those of you that are heartbroken Forget it, Jake. It's Mets Town. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. By now, you may have heard the story. There was a shooting outside of Congressman Lee Zeldin's Long Island home in Shirley, which is out on Long Island in Suffolk County, and has left two people injured. In a statement, Zeldin said his 16-year-old daughters, Michaela and Ariana, were home when they heard gunshots just after 2 p.m. in the afternoon, and they called police. A spokesperson for the Suffolk County Police Department confirmed the shooting occurred and said two people were injured and taken to area hospitals for treatment. No further information was given on the injured individuals, and Zeldin said, He did not know uh, their identities. Now, Zeldin was not home. He and his wife were in the car after leaving the Bronx Columbus Day Parade in Morris Park. 
when the shooting occurred. Zeldin is, of course, the Republican nominee for governor. I think I speak for everybody here at the radio station, irrespective of how you feel about the governor's race or how you feel about Lee Zeldin, in uh, sending our best wishes to the Zeldin family. Thank goodness nobody was hurt, but this is pretty scary. I know Shirley very well. I have cousins that live in Shirley, and uh, my favorite sister-in-law, Sharon, lives in Shirley as well. And it's a a nice neighborhood. It's a very suburban neighborhood. It's not really the kind of town where you think that there could be shootings in the middle of the afternoon on a weekend right outside your door. Uh, Governor Hochul also put out a statement saying that she was glad that nobody was hurt and uh, that kind of a thing. But uh, I think this goes to show that this crime issue is not only something that you can't afford to become numb to because it's getting worse, but it's also something that isn't necessarily confined to the quote-unquote bad neighborhoods. This violent crime problem that we're experiencing, not just in New York City, but New York State and really around the country, is migrating to the suburban neighborhoods. And uh, I think it's very apropos that Lee Zeldin is making this a key cornerstone of his campaign for governor. Hopefully this causes people to wake up and pay attention. And hopefully there's no future incidents like this. We don't think that uh, Zeldin was targeted in any way or that uh, his family was targeted in any way. Certainly hope that's not the case. But uh, I think in some ways that makes it even scarier that this was totally random, a totally random shooting and a violent crime that took place outside of Zeldin's home. If it could happen outside of the home of a congressman and a major gubernatorial candidate, it could happen outside anyone's home. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Yesterday, my wife... My son and I went to New Jersey. We went pumpkin picking, and then we went for a a small dinner right afterwards. And we're driving back from New Jersey to Staten Island. And wouldn't you know it, Sunday evening, as is unfortunately too often the case on Sundays, wouldn't you know it, we get snarled in a horrible traffic jam on the Outer Bridge Crossing going from New Jersey to Staten Island. More precisely, the area leading up to the Outer Bridge Crossing. We were there between 45 minutes and 60 minutes just sitting there approaching the Outer Bridge Crossing. Now, my wife was exhausted. I'm exhausted. And I'm trying to get home to prepare for the show and prepare for a whole day of marathon broadcasting on Monday and just all sorts of scheduling issues that involve going out to Long Island for Bernard's uh, wake. Also uh, anchoring parade coverage from the parade route. It was just, this was the last thing we needed was to be stuck in in traffic on Sunday evening. I believe most of the traffic was due to volume. I don't believe there was any disabled vehicles. Doesn't appear there was any construction. And I think this really highlights uh, three things. One, we need to do something and do something pronto to improve the uh, the traffic flow from southern Staten Island to New Jersey and vice versa. I think we need to look at maybe a tunnel, uh, a tunnel that would add another avenue to go from New Jersey to Staten Island because every Sunday night, it's like this. We thought this was going to end when summer ended. It has not. And can you imagine going into the holidays with Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that other stuff? It's going to get even worse. The other thing is, this is 
an example of real traffic congestion. People sitting in their vehicles, idling, adding to the air pollution. And this is something that will not at all be helped by congestion pricing. I wish the MTA, the Port Authority... Governor Hochul, the state legislature, the mayor, and everybody that uh, seems to be okay with the idea of congestion pricing would actually do something to alleviate the arteries that actually are being choked out by congestion because there's no reason people should have to tolerate this. There's no reason that people should need uh, this amount of uh, of time taken away from sleeping or working or just enjoying time with their family. And we, we had our son in the car. He was miserable, getting home much later than his usual bedtime. So we need greater capacity, and we need to do something about traffic congestion while we forget about congestion pricing. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. Not on Columbus Day, not on any day. Let me tell you about a growing movement around the country. It has to do with divestiture from fossil fuel company. If you haven't been following this, there is a bill in the state of New Jersey that is now in its fourth iteration. It was first introduced five years ago, but now it seems to have really picked up some momentum. And if it's passed, New Jersey would join a growing list of states to divest its pension fund, which is about $92 billion, from fossil fuel companies. Now, I guess the rationale for this is that fossil fuels hurt the environment and that fossil fuel companies are doing damage to the environment. And why should states, including the state of New Jersey, do anything to help these companies add to climate change? Now, New Jersey's not the only one. Maine enacted a similar move last year. And um, it's unclear exactly how much money the fund currently has invested in fossil fuels. The division has yet to compile that data because the divestment bill is still pending. I have to tell you that I think this is a very, very poor idea. And look, I recognize the threat of climate change, but it's a poor idea for a few reasons. One, from a pensioner's perspective, you want the best returns on the pension fund as you can. Because if the pension fund goes into a hole, as we've seen many times throughout New Jersey's history, that is a shortfall that has to be made up through either borrowing or the taxpayers of the state of New Jersey. Where do you think that money comes from? It comes from raising taxes. So even if you don't like some of the work that ExxonMobil or some of these other fossil fuel companies are doing, as long as these companies are going to be publicly traded, the people running New Jersey's pension fund have a fiduciary obligation to get the greatest returns that they can. Additionally, from an environmentalist point of view, there are all sorts of investments in cleaner fuels, cleaner fuel technology that these fossil fuel uh, companies are making, number one, and could be making in the future. So if you're a, a large shareholder in these companies, you have the ability to influence the direction of these companies. As soon as you take yourself out of the game, you have no say into how these companies uh, behave. So why would you do that? Why would you diminish your one opportunity to have these fossil fuel companies move in a cleaner direction. Three, we're not getting away from fossil fuels anytime soon. And if we recognize that and recognize that there are companies that exist 
to provide these fossil fuels, which we need as a country, the sooner we realize that the better off we'll all be to be continued.